It's time for America Outdoors Radio, the show that covers the outdoor scene across the U.S. of A. and the entire continent. Fishing, hunting, conservation, outdoor recreation, and great destinations, we cover it all every week. It's your country, your outdoors. Let's explore it together with your host, John Cruz. Welcome aboard, and to all of you dads out there, happy Father's Day weekend. I hope you're going to be doing something fun. Maybe you'll get to do a little fishing with your son or daughter, or maybe your dad. And maybe you'll enjoy a little bit of backyard grilling, too. If you're looking for a little advice on things to cook up, you can always check in with our friends at Camp Chef. They've got a ton of recipes at CampChef.com. This week on the show, we've got some great guests for you, and a couple of them are both anglers and book authors. One of them is Bob Gonzalez. He hails from Florida, and he loves saltwater fishing. He actually wrote a book about some of his saltwater fishing stories, too. It's called Flicker in the Water, and I think you're going to really enjoy our conversation with Bob towards the end of our program. Another person we'll talk to is Stephen Paul. You've heard him here before, but it's been a while. He is a muskie guide out of Tennessee, and he's got a brand new book called Next Level Muskie Fishing that is available for all of you diehard muskie anglers who want to up your game. This is not meant for the beginner. It's meant for the intermediate level muskie angler. And we'll talk to Stephen about a couple of the things he'll be discussing in his book. One of them, by the way, structure and how muskie relate to structure. Very interesting conversation coming your way. We'll also take you to the Treasure State of Montana during this show because they've got something very special that happens there in July. It is the Montana Governor's Cup. It's a huge walleye tournament. It has 201 boats in it, 200 for anybody who wants to participate, and one for the governor who actually participates in this walleye fishing tournament too. Lisa Koski, who is the executive director of the Glasgow Area Chamber of Commerce, will join us to tell you more details about this event that brings all sorts of folks to Northeast Montana. Before we talk to these great guests, though, we've got some outdoors news for you. We're going to start off in Montana, where bears have been causing some problems for people with two separate attacks. The first occurred in the early morning hours on the Middle Fork of the Flathead River in northwest Montana on June 7th. There was some river rafting guides and their clients that were camping there, and a black bear came into camp and attacked one of the guides who was sleeping outside of a tent. The rafters had bear spray. They deployed it, but the bear kept coming back to camp several times before it finally left. The female guide who was attacked was transported to a nearby hospital and treated for non-life-threatening injuries. The second attack involves a grizzly bear. This incident occurred in southwest Montana near Ennis on June 5th. A man was hunting black bear on private land when he was charged by a grizzly bear, which he shot in self-defense using a pistol and killed. The hunter immediately notified Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks, and they, along with the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, determined the bear's behavior appeared to be defensive in a surprise close encounter with the hunter. The 15-year-old female grizzly had previously been captured for research purposes in 2013 and had no known history of conflict with people. However, when it comes to bears, it's often a fight-or-flight situation when it comes to surprise encounters, and this bear obviously chose to fight. 
Some takeaways from these encounters, be bear aware. Number one, have something to defend yourself with, whether it be a pistol and a chest holster or other holster that's easily accessible, or bear spray that once again has to be easily accessible if you're going to be using it. Both will help when it comes to bear encounters. Some other advice, courtesy of Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks, is travel in groups whenever possible and make casual noise, which can help alert bears to your presence to avoid those surprise encounters. Stay away from animal carcasses, which often attract bears, and follow food storage orders from the applicable land management agency. Food storage was apparently an issue with that black bear attack with those rafters. If you encounter a bear, never approach it. Leave the area when it's safe to do so and keep garbage, bird feeders, pet food, and other attractants put away in a secure building. As for the garbage, keep that as well in a secure building until the day it's collected. Last but not least, never feed wildlife. As the saying goes, a fed bear is a dead bear. All right, let's move on from bears towards one of my segments I love to talk about. It's time to talk record fish. And this story comes not from America, but from Italy. From CBS News and other sources, we learned that a ginormous catfish was caught by an angler there. The incident unfolded on May 31st on the River Po in Italy, and the angler who was involved with this catch was a professional named Alessandro Biancardi. He was fishing for catfish, and boy did he hook into a big one. Biancardi said the water level was starting to drop on the Po River, and he suddenly felt, in his words, a powerful bite. He said the fish stood still several seconds before starting a very complicated fight between strong currents and lots of submerged obstacles. The prehistoric fish put up a 40-minute fight. When it surfaced for the first time, Biancardi said he realized he had hooked a monster. Now, Biancardi was alone. He didn't have any help with this one. And he tried gloving its mouth two or three times, but it was still too strong. So he decided to go to shallow water to land it from shore. And after a few tries and 40 minutes, he managed to actually land it. He was able to tie up the massive fish, but then he realized his boat wasn't anchored and had to swim to recover it. When it came time to measure the fish, Biancardi said he knew it was special, but he wasn't prepared for the fish's true size, which was more than 9.3 feet long, just a few inches shy of a U-Haul cargo van. And at that length, the catch actually is a world record. He said he didn't weigh the fish out of fear of stressing it too much, and he actually released it back into the river to, in his words, Hopefully give another angler the same joy he gave to me. He'll be sending the fish's length and photographs to the International Game Fish Association. And with any luck, he will have a certified world record in the catch and release category for catfish soon. Quite a fish, Alessandro. Quite a fish indeed. And I think we've got time for another record fish story. Sometimes you don't catch the fish on a hook and line. Sometimes you shoot him with a bow and arrow. That was the case for a Kansas angler on April 27th at Kansas's Clinton Reservoir. The shooter in question was Thane Miller. He was bow fishing with a friend at the time, looking for smallmouth buffalo, and boy did he find one. In fact, the one he found weighed nearly 65 pounds, and the fish was accepted as a new state record by the Kansas Department of Wildlife Parks on June 7th. This buffalo replaces a previous record, which weighed 51 pounds and was taken in 1979 from a farm pond in Douglas County. Miller, who's 30 years old, works as a pipe fitter in Topeka, Kansas. He's a dedicated archer with 20 years of experience. 
and runs a custom-rigged bow fishing skiff. He is serious about his bow fishing. According to Outdoor Life, Miller says he could tell right away that the fish he shot had record potential, but he thought it was a grass carp when he first pulled it over the gunnel. Then he said, I was excited when I realized it was a smallmouth buffalo. I've wanted a state record for that species ever since I lost another big one that I shot with my bow years ago on Perry Lake. That lost buffalo made me into a serious bow fisherman, and I respect these fish. They're a really cool species. Well, Thane, I've got to say, you're a really cool angler, too. Way to go on this record fish. Congratulations on your new record. Stick around. Captain Stephen Paul will be joining us right after this short break to tell you about his new book, Next Level Musky Fishing. our children. We protect them. We guide them. We prepare them for life in the world. With all that we do from deep in our hearts, we cannot control all things. Life-threatening illnesses and disabilities affect far too many of our children each year. While we cannot change the circumstances, we can make dreams come true. Dreams to provide hope, to provide spiritual healing and strength, to provide moments of happiness and relief in the darkest of times. We can give a glimmer of light and hope in a time of darkness and despair. Join huntofalifetime.org to help make dreams come true. To provide hope for children with life-threatening illnesses and disabilities, Hunt of a Lifetime is a nonprofit organization fulfilling dreams for hunting and fishing trips to youth 21 and under with life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. Visit huntofalifetime.org to learn how you can make a difference. That's huntofalifetime.org. Are you looking to reel in the marketing opportunity of a lifetime? Then set the hook because we've got it right here for you. America Outdoors Radio has sponsorships available, and we offer affordable platforms to reach thousands of listeners interested in fishing, hunting, and the outdoors. Find out more by contacting John Cruz through his website at americaoutdoorsradio.com. That's americaoutdoorsradio.com. Hurry, though. If you wait too long, the big opportunity might just get away. americaoutdoorsradio.com. Enjoy a meal of wild Alaskan seafood delivered right to your door. Sina Sea offers premium quality wild Alaskan fish and shellfish to include Copper River King and Silver Salmon, Halibut, Black Cod, King Crab, and of course, Copper River Sockeye Salmon. Order it blast frozen or smoked and experience a slice of Alaska for a special meal you won't forget. Buy your seafood now at SinaSea.com. That's S-E-N-A-S-E-A, SinaSea.com. Hunting and fishing are exercises in hope. Before you head into the woods, you hope to tag out on a deer you'll have to field dress. Before you make that first cast, you hope for a big fish to clean and fillet. When your hopes are realized, you'll need a sharp knife. 
Whether you sharpen that blade on a power sharpener in the shop or a manual sharpener in the field, WorkSharp has the tool for you. Look for WorkSharp products in sporting goods stores near you or online at WorkSharpTools.com. I fish lots of lakes, I fish them all year round. No, oh, I fish lots of lakes, everywhere I'm bound. Can't say which lake's the best until I try all the rest. Going fishing, fishing, fishing. All oh, fish, maple lake, French lake, Grand lake, Cedar lake, Pleasant lake, Clear lake, Bass lake, Otter lake. Next up on America Outdoors Radio, we're catching up with Captain Stephen Paul. He's a musky fishing guide out of Tennessee, and he has got a brand new book out. Next level musky fishing. Steve, welcome to the show. Great to have you back. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm very, very excited about this. You know, just a labor of love to do next level musky fishing, just to help people really dial in on on just stuff that's rarely discussed. You know, it seems like a lot of the outdoors is just so about getting people started, and, and there's not a lot of hardcore information out there. Well, you're right. Well, why don't you give our listeners a little preview of what's in the pages of Next Level Musky Fishing, because this is not for the beginning musky fisherman, is it? Well, no, and it's not inaccessible. One thing I do cover and I talk about it in the, the early chapters is, you know, I own Musky 360 with my partner, Joe Booker. We cover all kinds of just the bare bones basics on the Musky 360 app and the podcast. And so the book, that allows the book to be elevated a little bit where we can go past that into more dense subject matter. To be honest with you, I think that the, the most enlightening section, in my opinion, is, is about structure fishing, where it's truly breaking down the topography of any body of water, whether it be a, a creek, a river, a stream, a reservoir, and where we're going to find actively feeding muskies based on the principles of structure fishing. And then you put that in a conjoined with reading the water, which is another chapter where we discuss all the different elements it takes to dial in on a bite. What kind of personal observations, what kind of read are we getting on an individual day that's going to get us one step closer to having success in the net? How do muskie relate to structure compared to, let's say, bass? So bass have the propensity to be tight, tight, tight to structure, right? So a bass typical use structure as an ambush point where they're going to take a bait fish and then retreat back to structure. Muskies use it slightly looser. They'll say at times, depending on conditions, prefrontal, postfrontal, they'll be physically tight to it. However, it's often overlooked that people will not fish far enough away because muskies will stage in such a manner that they're sort of the doorman, right? As a bait fish is entering an area or exiting an area, muskies will take advantage of that and pick them off a little further out or suspended above cover and structure at times. So they're not quite as tightly orientated as one would think of a largemouth bass or a smallmouth. Very interesting. Uh, let's talk about something else, and that would be lures. There's uh, all sorts yes. of musky lures out there. Do you cover any particular lures in your book? Well, to be honest with you, I, I really delve into this one of the most misunderstood. You know, it, it doesn't take a rocket genius to, to work a topwater or a straight retrieve bait. So really cover big rubber tactics, these big, you know, grandiose lures you see in the muskie game. Delve into that of, of some of the best applications for those lures, and then dive and rise, and really getting into crankbaits, because crankbaits, most people just throw them out and turn the handle. So expanding on some of the concepts for really being successful with crankbaits and implementing effectively big rubber presentations as well as dive and rise, and some other tricks and tips in there. You know, I delve into electronics and a few other things to sort of demystify and help people quickly get their boots on the ground for success with muskies, which is, you know, it's a tough game, so the, the more information you have, the better. 
Oh, it certainly is a tough game. They call them the fish of 10,000 casts for a reason. And when it comes to time of year, you know, I, I always think of summer mm-hmm. as prime time and maybe spring. What about winter? Is musky fishing in the winter a thing or not? Absolutely. So, you know, especially in your your region, you have Mayfield, Merwin Lake. You know, I've done the tiger muskie scene out there, and there's a bite year-round. I actually, the last time I was in your neck of the woods, it was high 40s water temp, 49.51, and we're coming right out of winter. Muskies, tiger muskies as well, they're going to predate all year long. These fish, if there's no ice, they're not going to go into a salma period for extended time. They're going to need to predate. There's definitely an opportunity there. Now, that boats to structure fishing. So if fish are holding in deeper areas, where are we going to target? And the, and the concept that I really cover in the book to try to drive home, you're not always going to have a visual target to throw to, right? So you need to have faith in your boat control and your electronics to make sure your presentations are landing where they need to be. So if you're willing to delve into the world of structure fishing for muskies and tiger muskies, that's going to open up a whole realm of late fall winter fishing, and also when conditions are poor. When nobody else is catching fish, if you're able to conceptualize topography of a body of water and dial in on a spot where an actor predator will be, you can be successful regardless of what the weather is. Good to know that you can catch them in Washington State or Tennessee in the winter. And I guess we should also touch on uh, your guide service, and the website for that is TennesseeMuskyFishing.com. Where are you taking people fishing? You know, right now, we're wrapping up in Tennessee. We get a little warm here, so just to share this, and it's always worth driving home, when you get water temps that are in excess of of 79 degrees, it's best to back off a muskie. So at the end of June, we sort of creep up to that on these reservoirs in Tennessee. So I go from Tennessee, I'll be spending time in Wisconsin, and then I'll be guiding on Eagle Lake in Ontario, Canada for the remainder of the summer, and then I'll rotate back here in September in Tennessee. All right. Well, folks, if you want to book a trip with Captain Stephen Paul, just go to his website, TennesseeMuskyFishing.com. And I've got to ask, where can folks buy a copy of your book, Next Level Musky Fishing? I'm partnering with the Muskie Shop, which is the world's largest retailer for musky anything, whether it be rods, reels, hats, hoodies. And to get this in the hands of serious muskie anglers, you can buy it where you buy your tackle, which is the muskieshop.com. It'll be available on other platforms down the road, but right now we have so many people signed up, and we can't keep this thing in stock. So if you want a copy of it, go to the muskie shop and sign up for the restock. And there's, there's some coming in every week right now, and that would be the muskieshop.com. is going to be a resource for next-level muskie fishing. Next-level muskie fishing, elevate your muskie fishing game. It's not an easy pursuit, that's for sure, but Captain Stephen Paul can help you out with this book. So go to the muskieshop.com, that's muskieshop.com, and get yourself a copy, again, of next-level muskie fishing. Stephen, congratulations on the book. That is no easy feat either. Thank you so much. You know, it sounds easy when you sit down to do the first couple words and you realize this is a job. (laughs) Yes, it is. I appreciate you, John. This portion of the show was brought to you by our friends at Henry Repeating Arms. That is the company that makes all of their firearms, over 200 models, right here in the U.S. of A. And that's one thing I love about Henry, but something else I really love about Henry is they care. I mean, they honestly care. In the month of May alone, they donated $200,000 to pediatric cancer centers, another $25,000 to the Border Patrol Foundation, a group of men and women that certainly could use some support since they are not getting a whole lot from their own government, and a donation of 50 custom rifles for a 14-year-old's brain cancer recovery. Those rifles were the Team Jack edition. 
and the money raised from the sale of those firearms went to provide financial relief for past and ongoing medical expenses for 14-year-old Jack Troxel, who hails from Vancouver, Washington. Like I said, this isn't something that any firearm company has to do. It's something that Henry Repeating Arms chooses to do. And they also choose to make their firearms with the highest level of quality control. That's why every one of their firearms comes with a lifetime satisfaction guarantee, and they are always known to be rugged and reliable and accurate right out of the box. So if you're in the market for a lever-action rifle, maybe a shotgun for turkey hunting, one of the new big boy revolvers they've come out with, or the new Homesteader Carbine in 9mm, just go to henryusa.com and look for an authorized dealer near you. The website again, henryusa.com, and don't forget to ask for your free decals and catalog while you're there. All right, let's go ahead and end this segment the way we started it with a little music from John Kurkowski. Maple Lake, French Lake, Grand Lake, Cedar Lake, Pleasant Lake, Clear Lake, Bass Lake, Color Lake, Goose Lake, Gull Lake, Round Lake, Pearl Lake, Rice Lake, Sugar Lake, Mud Lake, Long Lake, Ant Lake, Swan Lake, Lake of the Woods, oh, I fish everywhere. Come explore the Dalles in Oregon for outdoors fun. Hike amongst the wildflowers, bike our riverfront trail, or visit the Gorge Discovery Center where you can enjoy a live raptor display. Or even check out our National Neon Sign Museum. But don't forget the fishing. We've got salmon, steelhead, bass, walleye, and monster-sized sturgeon waiting just for you. When the day is done, tell those tall tales at one of our wineries, breweries, or restaurants and plan your next adventure. Find out more at explorethedalles.com. Why book at Sportsman's Cove Lodge? Why is Alaska like no other place on earth? It hasn't changed in thousands of years. From the way you get here on a float plane to the way you go out with the guides and the boats, it's just a professional experience. And I said, this is as good as it gets. I said, if you can't catch fish here, you can't catch fish anywhere. Your experience with us will leave you speechless. Book now at alaskasbestlodge.com. Welcome back to America Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. Our next stop is literally the middle of nowhere, Glasgow, Montana, and Fort Peck Reservoir. That's going to be ground zero for the Montana Governor's Cup walleye tournament that is taking place July 13th through the 15th. It's a really big deal, and with us here to tell you more about it is Lisa Koski. She is the Executive Director for the Chamber of Commerce in Glasgow and the surrounding area. Lisa, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Let's talk about how big of a deal this is. Very popular tournament. You get anglers from multiple states. How many boats are allowed to fish in this tournament, and what are the typical payouts? Okay, well, this tournament started back in 1987, so this is going to be our 36th anniversary of the Montana Governor's Cup Walleye Tournament. Our limit is 200 boats, but our, our the lowest we've ever had is 69 boats, so it, it does vary. But for the last, I wouldn't say eight years, we have been a full tournament, and um, we did have to increase our um, limit to 201 because the governor started fishing our tournament now. Oh. So we ha- actually have the governor fishing the tournament once again. So we have a that. yeah, we have a 201 team permit. 
So, um, yeah, Governor Gianforte will be at this tournament once again. But the tournament's just as much work, whether it's 69 teams or uh, 201 teams. I mean, it's, the tournament's 100% payback. So all of the entry fee money, day money, and big fish pots goes all back to the fishermen. We don't take a cut of any of it. So our payout between cash and prizes is over $150,000 for two days of tournament fishing. Oh, my goodness. That is very impressive. I can see why uh, this is always full. Very impressive that uh, you have this much money that is going out the door, so to speak. Let's talk about the format of the tournament. It's a, a two-day tournament. And Correct. how many fish do you get to weigh in a day? Five fish are recorded each day. It's a catch-and-release tournament, so you can catch as many fish as you want throughout. The fishing times start at 7 o'clock in the morning, and you have to be back between 3 and 4. It depends on your flight, because we send four different flights out at a time. So, like, we draw for flights. So I'm just going to give you an example. 1 through 50 go out at 7. 51 through 100 go out at 7.15. You get the gist. And then when they come in, they come in off. So if you went out at 7.15, you don't have to be back till 3.15. So all the flights, you basically are in by 4 o'clock, and they can catch 10 fish throughout the day, only their top five are measurable and counted. So you can have, like I said, 10 to 12 fish on your scorecard. They'll, you'll pick the top five that you want to be scored. All right. And is it by length or is it by weight? It is actually, we have a length conversion chart. So if you go onto our website, which is www.montana, spelled out, govcup.com, it'll show you the weight conversion chart. All right. Definitely check it out on the website. Let's talk about yep. Fort Peck Reservoir and the walleye fishery there. This is a huge, huge body of water, and I think a lot of our listeners are not familiar with it. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about this place? Well, Fort Peck Lake is actually has the entire shore of California. Fort Peck Lake is bigger than that, if you can believe that one. Wow. It's a huge body of reservoir. We actually have to set boundaries because each end of the boundaries, I mean, it can go take you to get down to our farthest end on a windy day. It can take mm, probably an hour to get down to that far boundary. So it's a lot of boundary that's included in this tournament. And we have 26 patrol boats that are throughout the boundary so that um, when the fish catch the fish, they bring them to the patrol boats, and that's where they get their scorecards, and then we release all the fish. Oh, that's fantastic. So there are some fish that are measured, like trophy fish, we call them. And usually those are over 30 inches long, and sometimes the fishermen keep those. But that goes against their weight. So the next day, if they have a tagged fish, they can't do any more. Does that make sense? It goes against them because you only can have five per day. Gotcha. Well, this sounds like a fantastic tournament that's going to be taking place. So where does the weigh-in, or I should say the measuring take place at the end of the day? Well, actually, that actually happens out on the lake with the patrol boat. So they'll get their fish, their cards scored, and then the fishermen have to bring the cards to our scoring table. So no fish are actually brought in to the table. It's catch and release. So then we do the scoring in the trailer, and then we send the results down to Kiwanis Park, which is the campground right below the Fort Peck Dam. It has camping and recreational areas, and it's got lots of shade. So when it's those 100-degree days, we have some shade down there because, like I said, Gov Cup is known for having a really, really hot day. Okay. Well, I'm sure it will be hot. Montana in July can definitely be hot. And the dates for this are July 13th, 14th, and 15th. Uh, and this yep. is a family-friendly event, too. Why don't you tell our listeners about that aspect? Well, this kick off the tournament on Thursday from 7 in the morning till noon. We have our annual Guys and Gals tournaments, and that's kind of just a fun tournament. We charge $30, but we give all that money back in um, food at our local restaurants, and then we give gift certificates to our the top winners for GovCup merchandise that we have for sale throughout the tournament. And you can fit four to six people in a boat as long as there's half and half. I mean, right. kids and adults, and we don't really have a limit on that. We just see that you go out and then you check in with us to know that you're safe, and then we award those prizes on 
Friday night at the annual fish fry, which is open to the public. And then tournament fishing is actually all day Saturday, or Friday and Saturday. And then we have our youth fishing derby Saturday morning from 7 to noon. And that event is totally free to all kids, ages, as long as you can hold a fishing pole, I guess, um, one to f- 13, because that's where you have to have a fishing license past that. But that's 100% free also. So a lot of husband and wives make it a family week vacation because there's to recreate in that area because it's a beautiful, Fort Peck Lake is a beautiful recreation destination. And it's crazy when you see 200 boats take out of there and 26 potato boats, and then there's a lot of other people that are out on the lake. You can't even see the fishing tournament going on. That's how big our lake is. Wow. And if people are looking for a place to stay, we should probably give out the website for the Chamber of Commerce because you definitely have places to stay and places to eat. Yep. The Chamber of Commerce website is www.glasgow.com. And that's G-L-A-S-G-O-W, chamber.net. And like I said, we have lots of restaurants. And the thing about the Governor's Cup is you need to make reservations if you're staying in those hotels and stuff in advance. Because like I said, there's not a place to be had in Fort Peck or Glasgow that entire week because everybody comes out pre-fishing. So this event is really huge for the Glasgow-Fort Peck communities. Like I said, it's the largest economic impact to our area in the week span. It brings in over $750,000 to our small community of about 3,200. Oh, wow. So I It's guessing, huge for us. I am guessing that there's probably no openings. You probably have a full field this year. How can folks register for next year's event? Well, every year we do the registration opens on the last Sunday in October or the first Sunday in November. Registration, it's kind of an event in itself. We do that at the Cottonwood Inn in Glasgow, and people register, bring their applications to us, and we get them signed up, and then it's first come, first serve. So we do take email registrations, but I cannot guarantee technology. Like in years past, we've had internets go down, so the people that come are 90% guaranteed that they're going to get in the tournament. But it's off of 201 teams. The one is reserved for the governor. But like I said, this last year we filled in 26 minutes. The year before it was like 28 minutes. It happens quick, and we're full before the end of the year. So, What's the date this year? The dates this year are July 13th, 14th, and 15th. And then on our website, we have a Montana Governor's Cup website. The next five years of tournament dates are also posted. Okay, so what is the date to register this year? Do you have a calendar? October 29th or November 5th. It's one of those days. I just our, our committee has to get together after the Gov Cup and discuss it because I just noticed that daylight savings time starts on the 5th, so they might want to push it back to the 29th because that always messes with people. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. All right. <laughs> well, if you want to find out more about the Montana Governor's Cup walleye tournament, just go to montanagovcup.com and, you know, maybe head out there and fun fish it this year and make plans to get involved and fish it next year. Be part of that 200-boat field with $150,000 worth of cash and prizes being given away. Quite the event indeed. Lisa, thanks so much for sharing this with us today on America Outdoors Radio. Thank you for having me. This portion of the show is brought to you by our friends at WorkSharp, the Ashland, Oregon company that produces quality knife and tool sharpeners that will come in handy for the camping season that is going on right now. After all, you're going to need sharp knives, sharp axes, sharp edges to your shovels, and more when you're out there camping. And you can use powered or manual knife sharpeners from WorkSharp to help you get those things sharp. You can find WorkSharp products at sporting goods stores all over the country. You can also find them online anytime. Check out the lineup at WorkSharpTools.com.
We've been telling you about Sportsman's Cove Lodge in southeast Alaska for a while now, and there's a reason. They are the only Alaska lodge we talk about in this show. It's because they're truly Alaska's best lodge. The adventure starts with a float plane ride from Ketchikan, after which you'll get the chance to experience some of the best hospitality, food, and wonderful people you'll ever meet. Wildlife is abundant, from bears and deer to eagles and whales, and let's not forget the reason you're here, the fishing. Halibut, salmon, lingcod, rockfish, true cod, and more. It's all waiting for you in abundance at Sportsman's Cove Lodge. Book your trip today at alaskasbestlodge.com. That's alaskasbestlodge.com for Sportsman's Cove Lodge. Hunt of a Lifetime is a nationwide nonprofit organization dedicated to providing hunting and fishing trips to youth 21 and under who suffer from life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. These adventures make big differences in the lives of those who participate in them, and in many cases are literally a dream come true that brings hope and therapy to their lives. Find out more, get involved, or donate today at huntofalifetime.org. That's huntofalifetime.org. Huntofalifetime.org. I'm Anthony Imperato, president of Henry Repeating Arms. Patriotic Americans are looking to protect and provide for their families, now more than ever. Henry has over 200 rifles and shotguns to choose from, made in America or not made at all, and backed by a lifetime guarantee. Go to HenryUSA.com and order our free catalog, decals, and a list of dealers in your area. That's HenryUSA.com. Thank you, and God bless America. This is the time of year to get out and cook out. So make your next meal sizzle with Camp Chef, the brand known for quality outdoor cooking. From camp stoves to cast iron, from smokers to grills, Camp Chef will change the way you cook outdoors. To eat like a king on your next adventure, go to CampChef.com or visit your local sporting goods store and get cooking. Whether you're serving breakfast in the backcountry or barbecue on the back patio, savor the simplicity with Camp Chef. Camp Chef, the way to cook outdoors. Attention, small business owners. This could be the most important 10-minute call you will ever make. You may be eligible to receive up to $26,000 per employee through the Employee Retention Credit. Call Omega Accounting Solutions to see if your business is eligible to recover payroll tax pay during the pandemic. All it takes is a quick, easy, free 10-minute consultation to determine your qualifications. Call Omega Accounting Solutions at 800-309-ERC. Omega's knowledgeable staff will streamline the process of filing complicated paperwork. Omega is the small business champion with teams dedicated to maximizing tax credits. CPAs even turn to Omega for ERC guidance. Take advantage of this exclusive small business tax credit before it's too late. The three-year sunset deadline is setting soon. So find out if you qualify today. Call 800-309-ERC. That's 800-309-ERC. Or visit OmegaTaxCredits.com. You're back in with America Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. Our next stop is the Sunshine State of Florida. That's where you'll find Bob Gonzalez. He loves to go fishing, and he's written a new book called Flicker in the Water. Bob, welcome to the show. Hello, John. How are you? I am doing well. You know, before we dive into your new book, let's talk a little bit about you and the fishing you like to do. Where's home for you in Florida? 
<laughs> well, I split my time between Destin, Florida, which is on the northern coast uh, along the Panhandle, and then Naples, Florida, which is on the polar opposite side of the state on the southwest side across from Miami. Now, there are stories in the book from both places, most of them from the Destin area, which they call the world's luckiest fishing village. But there is a cool story I think you'll enjoy from Naples, too. Well, why don't you go ahead and, and tell me about the fishing you like to do? Is it all saltwater fishing? Well, these days, yeah. When I was younger, when I was, you know, in Pennsylvania where I grew up, I used to do more freshwater fishing. But once I moved to Florida, I got into the saltwater action a lot more. I love them both, though. They're, they're both great. Any favorite species that you like to target? You know, my favorite species to catch is a mahi-mahi on a spinning reel. <laughs> most, oh, yeah. Yeah. Most people like the blue marlins and that kind of thing, which I do too. But, man, there's nothing like a mahi on a spinning reel. You know, it's funny how mahi-mahi called different things in different parts of the world. you got dorado if you're down in, in Mexico. They call them dolphin in other places. But, but, yeah, it's a fantastic fish, and the colors are just brilliant on them too. Yeah, and when you hook them, the way they jump out of the water, too, is just amazing. So let's talk a little bit about your book, Flicker in the Water. What are the readers going to find when they get there? Well, I think they'll find a lot of uh, enjoyable tales of being out, mostly on the Gulf of Mexico, some in the Atlantic. There are stories of uh, catching some marlins, mahis, of course, wahoos, the groupers, red snappers. Destin has been known as the world's luckiest fishing village, and most of the stories come from there. The title of the book, though, was inspired by uh, Yellowfin Tuna that, uh, off the Louisiana coast, actually. There are uh, a lot of oil rigs off the coast of Louisiana, and all of the fishermen go there, and we ran into a giant yellowfin tuna. You'll have to uh, get the book, though, to see how that one turned out. <laughs> I, I, I am going to ask this question, though. Just how big was that yellowfin tuna? Well, probably over 400 pounds. Oh, my gosh. Now, that yeah. is a fishing story. That's like right out of the old man in the sea. And speaking of which, I understand the person who wrote the foreword for your book is related to Ernest Hemingway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mariel Hemingway took an interest in my book since it was so close to her heart because, uh, you know, she grew up fishing. And my dad, who was from Cuba, was in Cuba at the time that uh, Ernest wrote The Old Man in the Sea. So it was just a natural fit for both of us. And she said the book really spoke to her with a deep sense of appreciation, oh, which nice. I appreciated. Yeah. Talk about high praise indeed. That is absolutely wonderful. Do you have a boat? Do you take it to both places or do you mainly fish with guides? We had a boat. We had it docked in Destin. Uh, we brought it down to, there's a few stories from Key West. We actually did fish a Hemingway Days tournament. Every year they have a Hemingway Days festival in Key West, and we, they have a big fishing tournament, and we fished it. And there's a story of that in the book. We keep it mostly docked up there, though. It's a long way yeah. <laughs> from Key West to Destin. Yeah, that's almost the whole Gulf of Mexico from north to south. That is a long ways. And tell me about the boat. The boat was a 43 Bertram. The boat was known in the area for raising fish. Uh, it had won some uh, tournaments, some marlin tournaments. Uh, one year was a uh, 450-pound blue marlin was a, won the tournament. Wow. One heck of a boat and one heck of a fish. All right. Yeah. But it sounds yeah. like you are boatless now. Right now I'm boatless, yeah. I have friends who I go out with now, and eventually maybe I'll have my own boat again. But for right now, I'm just going out with friends mostly. Well, that's all right. I have no doubt you will get a boat again, especially if this book is successful. That might help you actually buy your next boat. Sure it will. Thank you, John. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't you share at least one of the stories for this book for our listeners? Okay, well, it's more than just about fishing, though. I think people who don't like to fish can enjoy the book, or even if they've never, if they don't know much about the oceans, I share a lot of stories about the seas and how they relate through mankind, through its history. I share stories about the uh, Gulf of Mexico, and there's even one story in there 
about fishing on the Sea of Galilee, which when I wrote that book, or when I started to read it, I didn't know the Sea of Galilee was actually a freshwater lake, <laughs> but it is. I thought it was a sea like in the Mediterranean Sea or something like that, but it is, and it's a landlocked freshwater lake, which really surprised me. Well, I mean, from the name, I could see why you would be surprised. I've got to ask, what kind of fish are in the Sea of Galilee? Oh, uh, there's catfish and carp and bass and that sort of thing. But I think back in the time that they fished it a lot, I think there was a lot of catfish and carp. Interesting. I had no yeah. idea. You know, you always yeah. had these visions of biblical times of mm. catching some sort of, I don't even know what kind of fish, but I didn't know that, you know, maybe the Feast of the Masses was uh, carp, catfish. Yeah. <laughs> That's not what I expected yeah. at all. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's, I told the story in there about when Peter went out to fish and they had fished all night and caught nothing. And Jesus told him, lower your nets on the deep water on the right side of the boat. And he didn't want to do it. And he said, oh, come on. <laughs> but he did it. And they were so loaded with fish, they didn't know what to do. They almost capsized. <laughs> I remember. I remember that. Yeah. And again, yeah. it puts in a whole different perspective, thinking that those fish may have been carp or catfish. Yeah, yep. Yeah, the catfish are really good to eat. Down here in, in the south, there's a lot of catfish, especially from Louisiana. They eat a lot of catfish. Oh, catfish is a yummy meal indeed. I completely agree with you on that. Carp, eh, probably not so much, but the catfish definitely. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right, well, getting back to the book. So that's really interesting, because I just kind of assumed it was going to be mainly about fishing the Gulf of Mexico and off the of Key West. So uh, you've got some different stories sprinkled in there. I like that. What's another one that our listeners might enjoy reading about? Well, I'll tell you two of them. We got close to a record red snapper in 2002. We were uh, fishing about an hour off the shore, which is about 20 miles offshore, and we saw a little bump in our depth finder. And it was, we weren't planning to fish there that day, and we didn't even know this spot was there. So, But we decided, all right, you know, let's, let's give it a try right here. So we dropped our baits down there, and as soon as we got down there, we got this bite of a giant fish, and we didn't know what it was. We thought maybe it was a big group or an amberjack because it was pulling so hard. Sure. Yeah. It turns out it was a red snapper at 42 pounds, which is like only three pounds shy of the state record. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. The fish of a lifetime. What's the other story you wanted to tell? The other one was about an amberjack. Again, this one was kind of by accident, too. We, we threw a mullet down to the bottom, and we played, we toyed with this mullet for a while, and the amberjack didn't bite right away. We kind of had to, like, entice him to take the bait, but finally we got this big pull on this on the rod. <laughs> the rod kept going, and we had to throw the boat in gear to pull him out of there. And after about 45 minutes, this big giant sea monster comes belly up with bubbles in the water. And it turned out to be a 110-pound amberjack. And I gave this amberjack a nickname because he was blind in one eye. He didn't have a pupil. Oh. You could tell he was a really old fish and his skin was wrinkly. But boy, he really put up a fight. I named him Marble Eye. That is an epic story. Folks, if you yeah. want to read more about this, go to flickerinthewater.com. That's the website to find out more about Bob Gonzalez and his book. And you can buy Flicker in the Water through Amazon and Barnes and & Nobles. It's available right now. Bob, thanks for sharing this with us today on America Outdoors Radio. Thank you, John. I really appreciate you having me on. Next up, let's talk about shotgun shells and waterfowl hunting. When I was first introduced to the sport back in the late 1970s, quite a few people would get into reloading their own shells. And one trick I learned from some of the reloaders was to actually mix different size shot. For example, 
Number three and number five, lead shot. This is before the days of steel shot. Well, after steel shot came along, uh, reloading kind of went by the wayside for most folks, but I'm happy to report that Kent Cartridge has a new shotgun shell. It's called Fast Steel Plus, and I'm really excited about this. Kent's been around since, oh, 1997. They're based in West Virginia, and... I've actually always liked their shells. They tend to be priced a little bit cheaper than some of their competitors, but the performance has always been good. And now they've come out with this Fast Steel Plus, which uses two sizes of steel pellets in one shell to deliver, as they say, unsurpassed patterns with devastating on-target lethality. Now, the way it works is they actually have the shot pellets in layers. So they have the heavier pellets on top and the lighter ones below it. And they found through testing that the smaller shot drafts in the wake of the larger shot, tightening patterns and delivering more energy into the target. The pellets are zinc-plated, and they team with nickel-plated heads to resist corrosion and make Fast Steel Plus a true all-weather performer. Jeff Ferry, Kent Cartridge's Vice President of Sales, says he is excited about the performance of Fast Steel Plus. In his words, now hunters can have the best of both worlds, energy from the larger pellets and pattern density from the smaller pellets. Ferry continues, hunters will see a difference in lethality right away, all while maintaining the premium performance and affordable prices Kent Cartridge has long been known for. The available loads for 12-gauge 3-inch shells are BB and number 2 size shot shells, or you can go with twos and fours or fours and sixes. For 20 gauge, you've got also three inch shells and that would be two and four size shot and four and six size shot. You can find out more about these shells and other ones that Kent makes at kentcartridge.com. And as for me, I'm definitely going to be buying some for waterfowl this hunting season. On that note, it is time to go. I'd like to thank our guest today. As always, we get some good ones on board who give us some great information. Here's hoping you're blessed in the days ahead, healthy too, and that you get outside for some outdoors fun. After all, it is your country and you're outdoors, so get out there and enjoy it. (laughs) 